0: We all know content diversification is important and it's the best way to grow your stream in 2020, but how do you do it? Podcasts are great. Streams are great, but YouTube is the number one platform for discoverability. If you want people to find you, you better have a YouTube channel. You need to be making those YouTube videos. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you everything that I know. About growing on YouTube. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. I have a huge episode for you today. In our last episode, we talked to Casey from Heart Support. A lot of you reached out and said that that episode was very reassuring for you. And in the episode before that, we talked about diversification in 2020 and how you need to be creating content on multiple platforms if your goal is to grow your stream. So, in this episode, we're going to go deep into YouTube. YouTube's incredibly important because it has the best searchability in any platform. Streaming platforms are great, but their discoverability is horrible. Podcasts are amazing for deep diving into specific subjects, but... Their discoverability isn't super good. It's still better than streams, but it's not as great as YouTube. YouTube is the holy grail of being discovered because it is the world's second largest search engine and it's owned by the world's first largest search engine. So people are constantly searching for solutions to their problems, which means that you have endless opportunities to be discovered from someone. So we're gonna build your YouTube strategy today. I'm gonna share with you literally everything that I've learned about building a YouTube channel from the streamer's perspective. So you leave this episode feeling like you know what to do to build your own YouTube channel, which ultimately will lead to you growing your stream community and achieving your goals like partnership, going full-time, or if you just wanna grow your community so you have a bunch of friends around you. We've got a lot to cover here. This is essentially a YouTube masterclass, so let's jump right in. We're gonna start by talking about your niche. Now, you probably have already figured out your niche, in your stream. And for some of you, that niche might be translatable into YouTube content. So if you are are streaming in a specific game category, you might be able to make gaming videos about that specific category. If you're streaming environmental activism or if you're streaming uh, stream advice content, those are translatable to YouTube content. So the niche that you have or your streaming community might be totally fine being your YouTube niche as well. A question that I get here a lot is, can my YouTube channel be something completely different from my stream? And of course, i <laughs> it's different for everyone, but I will say for the most part, no. The goal of you growing a YouTube channel is to bring that growth back to your channel, right? And in order to bring that growth back to your channel, both of those content platforms and the content that you make on those platforms needs to be similar. If you make a YouTube channel about macaroni and cheese, but your stream is about candles, well... People who are super into macaroni and cheese coming into a stream that's all about candles might feel like there's a huge disconnect and might feel like, well, I'm not really into this and then not end up sticking around. So if your goal is to increase your viewership of your stream, your viewership of your channel and grow your community, try to keep your brand as consistent on both platforms, all platforms really as possible. Now, should you pick a niche when you first start YouTube? It really depends. A couple of months ago, I would have said, yes, start your YouTube channel with a plan. Make sure that you know exactly who your videos are for, exactly what their problems are, and start creating the content to solve those problems. But I'm seeing a lot of people that are achieving success on YouTube in a different way. And I myself have started achieving success on YouTube in a different way too. And that different way is by allowing yourself to talk about whatever you feel like you might have a, a passion in, whatever you think that you're interested in, in the very beginning. Of course, these videos still need to be valuable and they still need to be helpful, but switching up your topics in the beginning and, and exploring all of these different niches to really figure out what niche you want to be part of and what niche YouTube likes you to be in is a great strategy that a lot of people are using. So what does this look like? For myself, I've been making stream advice videos for so long, and the viewership on them has been pretty good. But recently, I made a handful of videos about Twitter, and those videos blew up. They are doing so much better. And now when I go into my analytics and I see what uh, what topics people are finding my channel through, they're all Twitter topics. So to me, that means that even though I've been making stream advice videos for a year and a half, Twitter content has to be part of my strategy because that's how most of the people that are coming to my channel are finding me. That does mean that I will be creating Twitter videos as well as stream advice videos and potentially entrepreneurship and business videos as well, but that doesn't mean that I'm not still serving people value, it's just opening up that the, the space that I create in a little bit. And for a lot of people, that's kind of how their journey on YouTube starts. I see so many creators who've been creating for two or three years and they were making content over very, very specific topics, maybe like blogging and Pinterest. And then they made one video about YouTube and it blew up and they noticed it very quickly. And so they changed their entire channel to be about YouTube. Picking your niche on YouTube is really difficult because you don't know what's gonna blow up for you. So in terms of picking a niche, should you do it? Absolutely. Your goal should be to discover exactly who your audience is, exactly who you resonate with, and what you're more knowledgeable about and passionate about than the average person. If you were in the top 5% of something, what would that thing be? And can you create your YouTube channel all about that one thing? This is really one of the most important things that you need to know whenever you're building your channel is who are your videos for? For some of you, the answer to this question is gonna be easy. It's gonna be the same audience that you've chosen for your stream. But for some of you, you don't know who that audience is that you stream for yet. And hopefully YouTube could be the thing that helps you figure that question out for your YouTube channel and for your stream as well, which means that just making a YouTube channel can help you go on to make bigger and better content and have more impact in people's lives. So picking your niche and discovering who your videos are for, this is really one of the first steps in your journey, and this could potentially take some time. Towards the end of this episode, I'm going to go deep into what else you need to know about the YouTube journey aside from all the strategic stuff about setting up a channel and just talk to you a little bit about the emotional journey of this, and we're going to touch back on this point about figuring out who your videos are for back they're down in that that point of the episode but to move on to the second thing that you need to know I get questions very often about how often should I be releasing content and how does this content fit into my overall content schedule if I'm also a streamer how the heck am I gonna fit YouTube into that For a lot of my clients that are streaming four or five days a week, I actually end up recommending that they take a day off of their stream and use that day specifically to film, edit, and upload YouTube content consistently. Generally, for a new YouTube channel, you want to start with a -a once-a-week release schedule. And the reason for this is a couple of different reasons. One, you want to make sure that you're training your audience to expect your videos at a specific day and a specific time so that they're there and you build up your notification squad. That's the people who are there immediately whenever you release every single video. And two, you want to make a video once a week so that you train yourself to figure out how to fit one YouTube video a week into your production. Streaming takes a lot of time. It's hours and hours of on-camera work multiple times a week, but that doesn't mean that you should sacrifice your discoverability just because streaming is your ultimate goal. I know that so many of you are so in love with streaming and you adore it, you love what it uh, how it makes you feel, you love being able to have that direct communication with an audience but don't you want to grow, right? Don't you want to get more people into your space so you can have more of that communication? So why not let yourself take a day off a week from streaming in order to focus on YouTube, which is doing the thing that you know is the best step you can take for the growth of your channel to get more people in so that more conversations are being had, there's more chat, there's more viewers, you can introduce yourself to more people once you start getting further up towards the top row in the directories that you're participating in while you're streaming. This can be difficult because I know some of you out there are also full-time working at a nine-to-five job, or maybe you are, uh, you also have family, (laughs) you also have friends, you have a social life, However, there is a way to fit all of that in to the same lifestyle. It's just a matter of being great at managing your time. And all you need to know here is that you can film, script, edit, and upload a YouTube video in a few hours and you're going to get faster at it over time. So plan like half a day for this. And you can also fit in family friends, your job, and streaming. It might mean that you can only stream two days a week for right now, but building your YouTube channel is going to serve you so much better in the future than streaming that extra one day a week. Next, after you figured out your niche and you figured out your content schedule, how do you choose what kind of content you're going to make? There are a lot of different styles of content on YouTube, gaming videos, vlogs, educational content, so tutorial-based stuff. There's a lot of different entertainment-based content as well. Mr. Beast is a really good example of this. And how do you know what content is going to fit best for your audience? Earlier on in this episode, I said YouTube is the second largest search engine and it's owned by the first largest search engine. This means that search based content is going to be the best way for you to start out your YouTube channel and grow. A lot of people want to start with vlogs or we want to start with highlight videos or clips from our stream. I'm going to talk about both vlogs are not great for growth of your YouTube channel in the beginning because <laughs> this is going to not sound great for a lot of you. You're going to be like, Ashney, what? People don't care about you at first. They just, they don't. However, they can grow to care about you once you have helped them solve their problems and given them solutions for the things that they're struggling with. Highlight videos and clip compilations are not great for discoverability either because no one is searching for random person I don't know fails at dark souls and rages 200 times. As entertaining as the concept of that video is, it's not searchable. People aren't looking for that. So search-based content in the very beginning of your channel is the first step that you want to take. And then once you have an audience, a lot of people start doing this around, gosh, 150,000, 200,000 or so subscribers. That's whenever you can start getting into the more vlog-based stuff, uh, the stuff that's a little bit more focused on you and your personality. But up until that point, you need to be delivering solutions for the audience that's finding you. There are a lot of tools that you can download to help yourself figure out what content is going to be really good for your channel. Keywords Everywhere is one of my favorites, and TubeBuddy is also one of my favorites. I use Keywords Everywhere every single time I make a YouTube video. So in order to figure out what kind of content you should be making and what your video title should be. You download keywords everywhere, and then you search on YouTube for the title of the type of video that you wanna be creating. Let's say I'm making a video about how to grow on Twitch in 2020. I'm gonna type how to grow on Twitch in 2020 into the YouTube search bar, and then keywords everywhere is gonna pop up on the right-hand side, and I'll be able to see the keyword score. It can tell me if there are a lot of videos in that subject and if it's really competitive and if there aren't a ton of people searching for it or if there are a lot of people searching for it. So based on that information, it's going to give me a score from zero to 100 as far as is this a good idea for someone to make a YouTube video about that wants to have their channel be discovered. How to grow on Twitch is very competitive. A lot of people are making YouTube videos about that. And a lot of people are searching for it. So it's okay if I want to make a YouTube video with that uh, targeting that solution and that problem and those keywords. Keywords are basically just the title. But maybe if I adjust it a little bit my video would be will be found better. What if I say how to grow a Twitch community in 2020? Just by adding a single word into the title it can completely shift my keyword score. So if I add community into the title of the video, all of a sudden I go from a keyword score of 33 up to a keyword score of 52. The content that I deliver in both of those videos would be the exact same thing, but adding community into the title is going to mean that I'm much more likely to be found. Okay, so TubeBuddy and Keywords Everywhere, two tools that you definitely want to get if you want to get into YouTube. Next, we need to talk about equipment. What equipment do you need? Is your Logitech C920 webcam okay for YouTube? No. Is your Blue Yeti mic okay for YouTube? Probably not, unless you're an absolute freaking boss with plugins and making it sound good. I'm not, so definitely don't go that direction. If possible, get a good DSLR or a mirrorless camera you can get so many of them for like $400 nowadays $300 for lower end or older models there are a lot of options that are out there the Canon M200 is really great the Lumix G7 uh, the Canon EOS M5 is what I'm using and that one is uh, three years old I think And the Canon EOS M50 is one of the newest staples for YouTube equipment because it has a rotating flip-out screen as well as an auxiliary port. So that means that if I want to go out and vlog, I can actually plug in a new, like, better microphone so that I get better sound, and sound for YouTube videos is huge. So what equipment do you need? Get a good camera, get one that has an external auxiliary so that you can have a microphone and you should be solid. You can upload your gear as you go along, but that's really the base introductory gear that you want. Now we have our gear. We figured out who we want to create for. We know what kind of content we want to be making. We're going to be going after search-based content. Let's build our YouTube channel. What should the actual channel look like? I just realized I was saying auxiliary instead of an external mic jack, but you know what? It's fine. We're moving on now. (laughs) This is why I don't make videos about tech, okay? (laughs) Let's talk about what your channel should look like. What should someone feel? What sense should they get when they first click to go onto your main YouTube channel? Now, people like Roberto Blake and Tim Schmoyer have very good videos about how to create this sense of uh, completion through your channel art and through the stuff that's appearing on the first page of your channel. So look both of them up if you haven't already. They're two great YouTube educators uh, that we've had on the podcast before, and absolutely amazing people. Tim's says, master YouTube and spread your message. Roberto Blake's says, uh, create something awesome. Mine says something along the lines of (laughs) social media, uh, streaming, and entrepreneurship, because those are the topics that I talk about. It used to say, pursue your dreams and learn to stream. We'll probably go back to something that's a little bit more mission-oriented instead of topic-oriented. And the reason for that is because whenever you are creating based in a mission versus creating based on topics, you just have a lot more flexibility in the types of videos that you can be making uh, and in the topics of the content that come up because you're focused more on the mission that you're delivering for people instead of the topics that you're delivering for people. This mission statement or your topics... You want to put in your channel art so that way people get a sense of who you are and what you do when they come to your channel it's not enough to have like this esports logo that you've designed for your brand or to just put your name up as your uh, YouTube channel art. People are much more impressed when you take the time and their energy and you pay attention to figuring out how you want to communicate who you are to them. And if they can look at your channel art and get a good sense of that for their first time they're seeing you, they're going to be way more likely to hit subscribe and to stick around if it's something that they need, right? If they're actually able to be served that thing. So your channel should look concise, Uh, it should communicate who your videos are for and the change that you are going to give them. At this point we've talked about audience, we've talked about how often you should release We've talked about doing search-based content, the equipment that you need, your channel art, but unfortunately, that is not enough to grow a YouTube channel. You still have to make really great videos. So let's get into the nitty gritty of creating awesome YouTube videos. This really starts off with having a goal for your videos. In the very beginning of creating your channel, for the most part, your goal is going to be to grow your viewers and to increase your watch time. So watch time is the number one metric on YouTube. The longer you can get someone to sit through your video, what that says to YouTube is that it's a video worth watching, so they should push it out to more people. However, when you're building a YouTube channel, not every video is gonna have the goal of growing your YouTube channel. I think in the very beginning, a lot of people say this is the 80-20 rule, like 80% of your content should be growth-focused content, and 20% of your content should be community-focused content. I think the numbers in the beginning should be much more strict, like 95% and 5%. 95% of your videos should be focused on growing your channel, getting subscribers, getting people to join your notification squad getting people to come back and watch over and over again, and creating bingeable videos so that they can watch a ton of videos over and over and over. You can maybe have one video that's more community-focused, but your goal should really be to grow your channel, to get found in search, and for people to start figuring out who you are as a YouTube creator. These goals do change over time, though. So at first, watch time and your growth of your channel is something that's going to be top of mind. It's going to be a huge focus for you. But someone like... Jeffree Star, who is a massive YouTuber, he's not necessarily focused on how he can get a ton of views on every single video because he already has a huge community. There are still a lot of his videos that are focused on getting tons of views, but he has a lot more leeway in terms of being able to create content that's more community focused without having to worry about the viewership because he already has people. In the beginning of your channel, you don't have that setup. You don't have that reality of your situation. Nobody knows who you are. So you have to do the absolute best that you can to be a person who is helping someone with their problems. Every video is also going to have one single goal of a CTA. CTA for those of you who don't know is call to action. This is an action that you want the viewer of your video to take at the end of your video. So in the beginning, watch time. Your number one CTA should be telling them, go watch this video because it's similar to the topic that you just watched. However, sometimes you're gonna to want to inject a different call to action. It might be that you released a Patreon and in your video, you mentioned coaching. And so you tell people, hey, if you need group coaching or one-on-one coaching for your stream, here's Patreon. That's where you can go, go and sign up. It might also be, hey, I'm streaming on Twitch this day, this day, this day, go and follow the channel now. A mistake a lot of YouTubers make is they put too many CTAs in their video. They say something like, go subscribe, don't forget to share this with a friend, like it and comment while you're at it. And whenever you give people too many options, they end up doing nothing. They end up taking none of the options that you give them. So whenever you give them a CTA, you want to be very specific and precise with what you tell them to do. Make it really, really easy for them. Now let's talk about someone actually clicking on your video. How do you make your videos clickable? It really starts with good titles and thumbnails. Most YouTubers think of their titles and their thumbnails before they even start filming their content. Sometimes the thumbnail that you decide to use can actually be something that you integrate into the video to give people a visual clue that they're in the right place after they've clicked on your video. So your thumbnail should communicate a few different things. One, it should communicate a strong emotion. A lot of people put themselves on their thumbnails because having a human being with a face, especially an emotional face in the thumbnail, leads to higher clickability. But it should also contain signals to the person that is clicking on your video about the solution that they're going to get from clicking on your video. So in order to create a really great thumbnail, you want to think, what is the solution that I'm giving to people and how can I visually communicate that solution in my thumbnail? The way that I like to do this is I will uh, cut out a photo of myself that I take while I'm actually filming the video and then i'll put the photo of myself on the right side of the thumbnail because you have the timestamp in the bottom right corner on youtube you don't want that timestamp or the other little icons that are on the right side to take up any real estate or cover any letters or words that can be really visually annoying so you want to keep your letters and your words off of the places where the timestamp and those other icons are on the right side so use a graphic on the right side Your text goes on the left side. Text generally, you want to make sure it contains like four or five or fewer words. This is because you want to be able to clearly and concisely communicate to someone what they are going to get. You can either go for kind of clickbaity words, like you have a surprised face, for example, and you say, I did what? What? Or you can just be upfront about what you're doing and what you're communicating to people and say how to grow on Twitch in 2020. It really depends on the brand that you wanna build, which style you're going to lead with. But you still want to make sure in the beginning when you're growing your channel that you've got text on your thumbnails because some people go through YouTube only looking at thumbnails. And if they don't get a good sense of what your video is about by only looking at the thumbnail, they're not going to click on it. Other things that work are very emotional faces. So sad, uh, happy, uh, shocked, disgusted... Think of like all those very strong visual emotions that you can portray when you take a photo of yourself, text, and uh, logos of the platforms that you're talking about. Say you do a video about Twitter, you've got the Twitter logo, or you do a video about Twitch, you've got the Glitch logo. When you're making your thumbnails, you also want to think about the overall aesthetic and design of your channel. How can you make everything cohesive so that when someone sees your video in the suggested on the right hand side, uh, when they're watching another YouTube video, they know that it's from you. And because they liked the other video, they're going to make sure that they click on this one. So you want them to be cohesive and to match the channel art that you have, the banner that you have at the top of your YouTube channel. This is a little bit more advanced, it's not something that people who are super new to YouTube generally have an easy time with, but think about how you can visually communicate the solution that your video is giving someone. So if I'm talking about how to grow your followers on Twitch, how can I visually communicate that? I might take a screenshot from Social Blade of my follower numbers increasing or I might just take a screenshot of my follower numbers on Twitch and put like a red arrow going up or a green arrow going up or something to signal that that follow count is growing. Now how do you make good titles? Earlier, I talked about Keywords Everywhere, which is a really great tool to figure out if your keywords are good or not, if there's too much competition or if there's too much or not enough search. So what you do with the Keywords Everywhere tool is you'll type your title of your YouTube video into the search bar on YouTube. And then you'll look at the keyword score for that title. If it's bad, you aren't going to title your video that. If it's good, you can title your video that. So you keep adjusting the words that you use to search for that content until you get a decent score in your keyword score. But when it comes to the title that you use to actually publish the video, that might change a little bit depending on other factors like your YouTube style and how you structure your titles. You want to structure your titles to be as consistent and uniform as possible because it's another thing that contributes to your style and makes your videos recognizable to people. The way that I like to structure mine is I make the first part all caps and I use the keywords that I searched for. So I'll say how to grow your Twitch following in 2020 and then I'll either use a semicolon or like a little arrow emoji or something and then the next part is just additional keywords for YouTube to be able to categorize my video. The first part, the goal of that capitalized, uh very keyword, very good keyword score uh part of the title is specifically to get someone interested. So that's the more human element. That's the part that's supposed to get them interested in clicking on the video because that first half of the title is what most people are gonna see. Most people aren't gonna see the full last half of the title. So I'll say how you can grow your Twitch following in 2020, the little arrow, then tips and tricks from a full-time Twitch partner. And then this way, I'm getting all of the elements. I'm getting the elements that YouTube likes and placing those at the very beginning of the title because those are weighted more importantly in the algorithm. And then the stuff at the end is still very important. It's additional keywords so that YouTube knows how to categorize my video and structuring my titles like that also adds to my YouTube style. So now we've got our channel set up. We know that our videos should have goals and we know what those goals can be. We know how to make good titles and thumbnails and what everything is going to look like visually on our channel. Now we need to talk about the actual video content. So what is the YouTube content formula? So I kind of follow Sunny Doozy's examples of this and her process. So she has the hot script formula. So HOT is the anagram that she uses, and that is the uh, specific things that you need to hit in the very beginning of your video so that someone stays around to watch the rest of it, because people on YouTube will click off of your video the second it gets boring, the second that they don't like it. So H stands for hook. O stands for outcome, and T stands for testimonial. So if I want to create a YouTube video about how to grow your Twitch following in 2020, my intro for the video, when I follow that hot script formula, would sound something like this. You want to grow your Twitch following so you can grow your community and maybe get partnered someday. So that's the outcome. I've tried a lot of different things to grow my Twitch followers over the last six years I've been on the platform, but most of them came from one year. What did I do during that year to grow so much faster than the previous years? That's the testimonial. And I'm going to share all the secrets with you right now. And I've got an advanced streamer tip for those of you who are further along than average. That's the hook. That's how you get them to stay. So as long as those three elements are in there, it doesn't necessarily matter which order they're in, but you just wanna to communicate to people that you are someone that can be trusted because you know what you're talking about uh, and that they're gonna get the solution that they clicked on your video for. So you wanna hook them by saying something very interesting in the very beginning. Generally, you want this hook to last about 15 seconds and you don't want to make it too long. Otherwise, you're going to see people fall off in the beginning of your video because you just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. Now, after this little intro, Then you've got your branded intro. Some people have a little screen or a short, tiny little like three second video that matches the visual aesthetic of their YouTube channel and kind of brands their videos to all match. You don't necessarily have to use that. A lot of people don't, uh, but it is something that some people still use. And then you want to get into the content as quickly as possible. So I usually say something like, what's up, streamers? It's Ashney. In today's video, I'm going to share the best way you can specifically get more followers followers to your Twitch or Mixer stream. Because the strategies you need to grow your followers is different from what you need to grow viewers or subscribers. Here's number one, here's number two, here's number three, here's number four. That portion of the video should be the meat of your content. And you want to make this information as unique as possible. Don't just repeat what everyone else is saying. Don't just do what everyone else is doing. Give information that is way deeper than anyone else is going and people are going to be really impressed with how much knowledge you have they'll be more likely to come back and subscribe now once you start getting to the end of the meat section of your content you're going to know that your video is wrapping up and so you're going to be tempted to say things like And my last tip, or thanks so much for watching the video guys, I really appreciate you, I hope that you know, and then you go on about like how much you appreciate them, but when you give a person who's watching your YouTube video these signals that the video is about to end, they're gonna click off like that. They're going to leave. So don't give them any signals that the video is about to be over. Keep the meat of your content going until the very end of your video. And then at the very end of your video, what I like to do is I'm focused on watch time. I want to increase someone watching my videos on my channel. And I want to make sure that my videos are very bingeable. So they're watching one after the other after the other, which signals to the YouTube algorithm, hey, this channel is good. We want to grow this channel by giving it more attention attention. So what I do is I'll finish the content at the end and I'll say, now, aside from growing your followers, you probably also want to grow your viewers. Right here is a video about what's currently working to grow Twitch streamers right now. Click over here, but only if you're ready to learn how to grow your viewers. I'll see you over there. Bye. And then that outro, I actually say that short little piece as the thumbnail for the next video comes up on the screen in my my end card. And so that way, before they've even finished getting the information from this video, I'm recommending another video for them. Uh, I do make that recommendation at the very, very end of the video, so they've gotten all of the meat, but there's no signals that the video is about to end, or there's no thanks, there's no, hey, don't forget to comment, like, share, subscribe, there's none of that. And so this makes it more likely that people aren't dropping off at the end of my videos, they're staying to watch the video all the way through, and I'm getting my watch time percentages up. So that's your YouTube flow. That's what a YouTube video should contain, specifically if you're going for search-based YouTube videos, tutorial format YouTube videos. This is not for vloggers, uh, but this is going to work for those of you who are doing more educational stuff, which most of you should be doing that in the beginning of your YouTube channel anyways. Now we know the format. We need to script it. We need to include all of our additional elements, and we need to film it. So how do we script it? It depends on what you really enjoy writing on, uh, what program you really enjoy writing on. I prefer to use Trello to script out my YouTube videos. So each Trello card uh, has its own information inside of it. Whenever I click on that Trello card for that specific video, I can go in and script it. I can give my video editor all the links. I can do anything that I need for that specific video, and then I can go out to my main Trello board and see all of the individual videos, when they're going to be releasing, what's being worked on, what's not being worked on, what has been filmed, what hasn't been filmed. It's a really great way to stay organized. So that's Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O.com if you want to use that. But you can also use another like note-taking software like Evernote or even Microsoft Word or something. Now, should you script out the whole thing or should you just make bullet points? It's going to be different for everyone. I started with bullet points and then I scripted out the entire video and stuck completely to the script. I did this for a single video. It came across so robotic. It was horrible. But now what I do is kind of a a combination of the two. I'll script out the entire video so I stay on track and I don't go off and start rambling about something because I will do that if I don't have direction. But during the actual filming process, if I say things a little bit differently or if something comes out uh, just more naturally and it sounds good and it sounds more natural, then I'll do that as opposed to sticking directly to through to, oh my gosh, to the script. So you'll want to kind of figure out your own style for this and that's gonna take a little bit of time to figure out. Now in a YouTube video, You should always be doing a few different things. I actually wrote myself a list of like tips and 2020 strategy for my YouTube videos that I want to make sure that I remember. So I always want to make sure that I think about the emotion I want people to feel after watching. I want them to feel informed, excited, and ready to work. I want them to or I want myself whenever I'm scripting to refer to any other videos that I've created. If I mention uh, affiliate marketing or networking or uh, Twitter, then I make sure to link them and mention it during my video that I have a video over that topic. I also want to make sure that the information that I'm putting in the videos is always unique. I want to make sure that it is so good and it's not just information that's being parroted from everyone else i want to make sure that i always ask a question during every youtube video to try and generate more comments engagement is so important for youtube if you can get more comments and you're responding to all of your comments your videos are more likely to be pushed out into the ecosystem I also want to make sure that I'm asking for them to subscribe or telling them why they should subscribe so that way they're more likely to do so. And I think I said this already but promoting some kind of freebie in the videos that it makes sense for is something that I'm trying to focus on as well because right now I'm trying to build my email list so make sure that in every video you integrate asking for a sub asking a simple question, linking to your other videos, and promoting some kind of freebie to create your email list. All of these elements that you want to add to your video are specifically there to create something in your YouTube video that the platform really responds to if you want to have your videos pushed out somewhere else. And you want all of these to be integrated really naturally and organically too, instead of having this super long like, hey everyone, it's Ashley, welcome back to my channel, the best place for these people, these people, these people, or these people. Make sure that you subscribe if you like this kind of content or if you're this kind of person, like you don't need to go on these big tirades about how great you are and why everyone should respond and talk to you and subscribe to you and blah, blah, blah. If you can integrate each one individually into the script of your video, it's going to feel a lot more organic, it's gonna feel less salesy, and people are gonna be way more likely to take action on those things. Now we need to talk about filming. We've scripted everything out, we know the title we're going after because we've researched it, we know the thumbnails because we've developed our visual style, now we need to film. So just like you have a visual style on YouTube, you also have a film style. A lot of people will do this talking head thing. If you've seen any of my videos, you know what I'm talking about. It's essentially a video that you watch where a person sits down, looks at the camera, and talks. (laughs) Now, these are good if you're only doing educational, which you're going to be doing in the very beginning, but they can also be visually boring as heck. Something I'm focusing on a lot right now is being more dynamic. So I did the, the talking head style for a long time, but now I want to make things more visually interesting for people because I see a huge opportunity in the streamer education uh, videos for content to come in that is more dynamic and moves around more and isn't just someone sitting at a desk giving you information. So, some tips that I'm using right now in order to film more dynamic YouTube videos. Here we go. I do small hardware, zoom in, zoom outs with my camera, or focus, refocus at the beginning of a clip. I will walk into the frame at the very start of the clip and sit down and start talking instead of just sitting down. We'll do a small software zoom in, zoom out. We've done these on the YouTube videos before. This is a very simple way to keep things more visually dynamic. If there's a a, a point that I feel like is really important, I'll actually pick up the camera and start talking to you vlog style, right? So if I'm like, the next thing I'm going to say is really important. So listen up and pay attention. I'll pick up the camera and I'll say, blah, 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 here's that important information. I also want to switch up my backgrounds. So instead of just sitting in my office, which I'm in right now, I'm also going to be showing you the rest of my house and inviting you into my world a little bit more by filming in my kitchen, my living room, my bedroom, so you can see a little bit more of my home. We can do that sit down style and talking head style, but we're also going to do that vlog style from a different angle. Vlog style refers to me holding the camera on my own instead of using a tripod. Then we're gonna do uh, short clips with background music. So if I start getting thirsty during a video or if I need to take the dogs out or if I need to do something while I'm filming a video, bringing you on that very little journey of like four or five seconds maybe and then getting right back into the content immediately uh, is something that I can do to make them a little bit more dynamic. Another thing we can do, obviously is switch to a different room. If I'm talking about something that happened during a stream or something that I do during streams, I can take clips from the stream to show you all. And then something that's really important is that you don't have any shake and you don't have any bad audio because people will not watch your videos if they're super shaky or if they sound like crap. The next up after you have filmed your video is editing your video. What programs are good? There's a lot of different programs that you can use. I use Adobe Premiere, but I do have an editor that I've hired, Rookscar. Freaking love her. She she helps so much. It's ridiculous. Uh, So I end up sending all of the footage to her and she'll edit it and upload it and let me know whenever it's there. She also makes social media clips so we can post them on Twitter and Instagram when the video goes live. But if you're doing your editing yourself, which you will in the beginning, I did in the beginning, you can use Premiere. That's pretty simple. You can also use something like iMovie, Sony Vegas. I used PowerDirector for a while. There's a lot of different video editing softwares out there, and it's really up to you which one you are most comfortable with. When it comes to your actual editing style, this is going to be different for everyone. You might feel comfortable being a talking head and having text or images or other elements pop in over your video. You might want to do something more dynamic like me. Figuring out your style is going to take you a little bit of time, so don't pressure yourself and set this crazy expectation that you need to set your style immediately. Next, we need to talk about the uploading process. How do you upload? What do you do after it goes live? So first, you already have your thumbnail. Um, You probably made that in Photoshop or Canva. You have your title figured out and you've edited your video. So you upload all of that to YouTube. You publish it. You include the information that people need and any affiliate links or anything else that you want to recommend to people in the description. Something that I did for a while was I had my top five viewed videos down in the description too in case someone wanted to learn more about a specific topic. They could just click there because some people still read the whole descriptions. I don't. I don't know about y'all, but some people do. So having that information there is really good for them once you publish all of this and it goes live, something that I consider to be the reason my channel took off in the first place was the way that I posted my YouTube videos to Twitter. Don't just post a tweet with the title of your YouTube video and the link to it. No one's going to engage with that. No one's really going to care, especially if you don't have a lot of traction on social media already. You're going to need to do something that is a lot more interesting. So whenever you edit your video, what I want you to do is I want you to clip off the first minute. After you've exported the full video, you're going to bring the video down to being only a minute long. Now, this can be the first minute or it can be your favorite minute in the video, but clip it down to a minute and then export that. That's going to be your copy from Twitter and then cut that in half and that's going to be your video for Instagram. Now, something we've also done is we've added a... Uh, a little like screen at the end of that video that says go to youtube.com slash to watch more. Uh, and I think that's led to people going there and, and taking that action because that CTA was really clear, but at least include the video. So you save these videos to your, your computer. When you go to Instagram or Twitter, you're going to upload them to the platform And then when it comes to Twitter, you're going to type out the reason that someone should watch this video, you're going to tell them what they're struggling with, you're going to give them a little hint that there's a solution, you're going to include the video, and then you're going to include the link to the video. This makes it a lot more interesting to see, it makes it a lot more dynamic, it makes it a lot more engaging, people can also comment on it because there's a decent amount of information there. With Instagram, it's pretty much the same thing. Upload this to your Instagram stories. If you want, you can upload it to your feed, but eh, that hasn't really worked for me. Um, I'm sure it might work for some of you, so you might try it. But at least upload it to your Instagram stories. If you have the swipe up feature, include a swipe up option for people. If you don't, you can do the whole link in bio thing or at least direct people to your YouTube channel. That's how you promote on social media. If you have an email list, make sure you promote on your email list. If you have Discord, make sure that you post about it in Discord. Anywhere that you have a presence, you should be telling people that you just released a new YouTube video. Just like you want everyone that you know to know that you're streaming, you want to make sure that everyone knows that you just published a video too. So there's quite a bit of... Uh, of promotion that you have to do after the video goes live. Once it is live, while you're doing that promotion, you need to be paying attention to your comments. So if you're someone who gets comments whenever your video is first posted, you want to make sure that you're responding to all of them in the very beginning. So most people will spend like 30 minutes to an hour in their YouTube comments saying hi to the people that are their first commenters there. And building up this habit makes it so that you are responding to more comments, you have a dedicated time of responding to comments, which is great for YouTube because they see you engaging back, which means they're more likely to push your videos out to everyone And also your community really likes it when they know that you're going to be there. So if they know that you're going to be there the first 30 minutes or the hour after your video goes up, they're more likely to be there too. And that way you can make sure that your video goes as far and as fast as possible. You have 24 hours uh, to really make sure that you promote your video as much as possible, but you want to get it out there as much as you can, as quickly as you can, because those first 24 hours of your video being out are weighted really heavily. And then after you've released your video, you need to think about improving your channel over time and looking at your analytics. There are so many things that only your analytics can tell you. If I didn't go into my analytics, I wouldn't know that most people find my YouTube channel by searching for Twitter. So looking at things like your watch time and your audience retention graphs and seeing when people drop off in your videos will give you so much insight to what is working and what is not working. If people are dropping off when you say a specific word, you know that you can stop saying that word. If people drop off when you are uh, doing something that they don't care about, you know to stop including that in the video. Okay, so that's a really basic overview of everything that you need to know about creating YouTube videos, creating a YouTube channel, and publishing consistently. But there's so much more that goes into your YouTube journey. So I'm going to talk about just a couple of things that happened to me that I think you really need to know about. One is you are going to mess up and you're going to make crap videos. And some of those crap videos are going to get a lot of views and You're gonna hate yourself for that. (laughs) I have so many videos that are still getting viewed to this day, and people are like, this video sucks. And I can't say that I disagree because I look back on these older videos and they just cringe. They're terrible. They're horrible. But without making those first bad videos, you don't get to the point where you're making good ones. So be comfortable with the fact that you're gonna mess up and make crap. And actually, I want you to make crap. I want to empower you to have videos that suck. As long as you're making them, you're gonna get better over time. Another thing you need to know is that you can't rush your journey. So there are two really important questions that you need to answer before you can really start to grow on YouTube. These come from my friend uh, Eric Nguyen, who is a YouTuber that I just discovered a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely incredible creator, makes videos about YouTube that are just so thoughtful and so deep in a way that I haven't really seen before. And the two questions come directly from one of his videos. Question number one is who are you? And then question number two is how do you stand out and grow? So a lot of people focus on question number two, how do you stand out and grow before they focus on who am I? You can't have the answer for question number two without having the answer for question number one. Because if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what niche you want to be in, what type of content you want to be creating. And without knowing what niche you're in or what type of content you want to be creating, you don't know how you're going to be able to stand out and grow. How are you going to stand out in your niche if you don't know what niche you're part of? So first, what you need to be using your YouTube videos to answer is, who are you? What do you love? What are you in that top 5% of? What are you so interested in that everyone else is in that lower 95% for you? You know more about this stuff than the average person, but what is it? Then you focus on, that's how I want to stand out and grow. That is the niche that I want to be in. But I don't see anyone doing it like this in this niche. You can't rush it. If you're confused though, your audience is going to be confused too. If you don't know what niche you want to be part of, what your message is, what you want to create. I mean, for a while there, I was making YouTube videos about Twitch and I hated it. I didn't want to make YouTube videos talking about how to grow on Twitch anymore. I wanted to talk about business and help y'all make money and help you go full time, but those videos weren't something that the viewers of my YouTube channel really wanted. And so I had this really lo- like huge emo- emotional turmoil for a while where I felt bad because I wasn't able to create the kind of content that I wanted, but pivoting your channel is totally normal, and you having just an absolute rockstar moment on YouTube for a while and then changing it up a little bit and maybe not having as much of a rockstar moment, moment, that's totally normal too. Another thing that really affected me was the negative comments. I don't know why this is so different for YouTube. For the streams, I'm like, I don't care about trolls. For social media, don't care about trolls. For anything else, I don't care. You can't hurt me. You you cannot hurt me. I know who I am and I love myself. But for some reason, with YouTube, when someone says that I look weird or I sound weird or I talk too much or my videos are boring or the information isn't good, I take that hyper personally. And there was something the content bug, who is another amazing YouTuber, a really great channel you should check out if you're looking to grow on YouTube, said the other day was that um, trolls shouldn't be able to dictate who you are or change who you are. And it's so strange how you can live by a certain idea on all of these other platforms and it could be totally different when it comes to another platform. So for me, hearing her say that finally made me release my negativity towards the negative comments and it made me realize you know what these are the same as the trolls in social media as the trolls on twitch they're just sad people who want to make other people sad too and you know that's that's their thing that's fine but it has no reflection on me i love who i am i'm gonna be who i am and i'm gonna keep putting my own personality into the videos regardless of what someone yells about in my youtube comments section Another thing you need to know is don't do what everyone else in your niche is doing. For a long time, myself, Harris, Gail, everyone else, we were kind of all doing the same videos. Uh, and it gets, it's really nice to be able to look at the other big players in your space and get inspiration from them. However, when you do that, what you're doing is you're aligning your content with theirs instead of focusing on being unique. And YouTube is the same as Twitch. You can't just do what everyone else is doing and expect to grow your channel. You have to be different from everyone else. You have to be unique and you have to do something that no one has really seen before. So in order to do this, you have to get really familiar with the big players in your space and do it differently from them. This is why I'm switching up to make the videos more dynamic because I'm not going to be another gamer talking head YouTube stream advice person. I want to invite you into my world more and make you see more of my home and my daily life and my existence. And I want things to feel visually interesting for whenever you watch my videos, not just giving you the education that you need. I can't be a better Harris Heller, but I can make videos that are so different from his and I can be the best Ashney. Another thing you need to know is YouTube is the same as streaming. You can't rush success. It really takes time to find all of these answers for yourself, and your answers here might be different from mine. It's really rare that someone can listen to the lessons that someone else has learned and adopt them for their own journey without going through the events that led to that lesson being internalized for the person they're listening to without me going through everything I've went through with YouTube, I wouldn't know as much as I know about it today. And you're not going to be able to internalize everything that I'm telling you here today. And that's okay. You're going to need to learn your own lessons. And some of the answers that you have for these questions and some of your strategies are going to be different. And that's great because if you're doing exactly what I'm doing, then you're not being unique anyways. If I were just starting my YouTube channel right now, here's exactly what I would do. I would pick my niche, I would choose streamers, and I would make videos for them. I would release probably twice a week, and I would make videos specifically targeting the search terms that had a great keyword score with keywords everywhere. My channel would look completely different from the Alpha Gaming channel, from Gail's channel, from wild for games channel, it would be something so fresh and new, it would probably pull inspiration from completely different niches. My goal would be to grow the watch time on my channel and Encourage people to binge my videos by referring them to my other videos while they're watching a current video. I'd make really great clickable thumbnails. Uh, The script would be great. It would include all of those elements of engagement. I would film it in that really dynamic style and have an editor, thank you, Rook, (laughs) upload everything and make sure I'm there to really promote the video in the first 24 hours if I were just starting, I wouldn't talk about those boring, like kind of nebulous topics that people try on YouTube that don't end up doing very well, like mindset or motivation or time management or organization or um, meditation. I tried all of those things in the very beginning and they didn't do well with the streaming community because people want more strategy, more tactical advice. I would publish consistently, I'd make sure that every single video was the absolute best and delivered information that people had never heard before and was a completely different style from what everyone else was doing. I'd consistently for a while, probably about a year. If the channel didn't grow at all, I might consider doing something different or expanding my niche to include different topics to explore other spaces. But this is the path that I would take if I was just starting. And this is such a faster path than the one that I took. That being said, I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I know this was a really deep dive. This is a lot of information. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Ashley I will do my best to respond to all of you. Thank you so much. If you got this far in the show, tweet at me and let me know and I'll follow you. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a comment if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you like about the show, what you didn't like. I'm always open to honest feedback. I will see you all next week.